Living Sounds with Kanye Makubani. Music made to inspire on SAFM 104 to 107. It's five minutes after seven o'clock. It is the second hour of the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to Living Sounds. Now, tonight we are talking about the findings and recommendations of the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities. You remember that um, a number of churches were called in and summoned and this was all in a bid to investigate the commercialization of religion and abuse of people's belief systems in South Africa. And we are joined tonight by the CRL's Commission's Deputy Chairperson, Professor David Musoma. Thank you so much, Professor, for being with us. Thank you so much, uh, and to you and your listeners. Now, let's just start by uh, giving the listeners background into this investigation. How did it come about? Uh, This investigation started last year, uh, the signal to it was that uh, there has been a number of uh, newspaper revelations about uh, the abuse of, of religion, uh, commercialization thereof. And there has been also complaints about uh, uh, people eating grass, drinking petrol, and several such things. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the complainants who wrote to us Uh, indicated the extent to which this is, in fact, uh, an abusive system using religion. Mm. I will remember one instance where we revisited by a couple, a white couple, who came to us and said, uh, um, we wanted to have a baby, but then we went to one of the religious institutions, and apparently they had to pay something like 240,000 rand, to get a baby, which they have not been able to do so, yes. even after consistent um, attempts. So they were swindled so they, out of yes. their money. Yes. And there was, you know, really they, they came to us and said, we had lost, I think, 30, 30 rand or something in their account as a result of this. And there has been um, a number of complaints around these issues. Since one area was that um, a doctor wrote to us and said, listen, my um, sister-in-law was apparently sick uh, of uh, HIV and AIDS, and uh, she was told to abandon the uh, medication and subsequently died as a result of this. So the overall general um, complaints in the country was that the religion is being commercialized, um, commercialization of religion, and also taking advantage of the fact that people are really a believing community and they believe everything a pastor or a religious leader could say because they have an understanding of the relationship between themselves and deity in terms of their own faith. So as a commission tasked or mandated to protect and promote the rights of religious and cultural and linguistic communities, we felt duty-bound by that act. Really, because if we have to protect something, we must first understand what it is. If we have to promote it, we must first understand what it is. So we embarked on this particular investigative study mm-hmm. with the assistance of the University of South Africa and even ourselves. So we established what is called um, Section 7 in terms of our own act, which required a committee of the uh, commission to sit and have hearings conducted 
around the country, across the, 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 the provinces. So this is what we actually did. So now what I find interesting is that you had a number of uh, churches come in. In fact, a lot. You commissioned just about, you know, all the churches in South Africa and you, and you asked them to, to come forward and to open uh, their church to you, you know, from their finances to their governing structures and, you know, just to the way that they ran the church's affair. What were you looking for? Well, first we wanted to look at whether churches are actually registered. Because for them to operate in a, a country, there have to be some legal um, requirements that they fulfill. Registration was a key. Second was to find out whether they comply with the um, requirements, the legal requirements in terms of SARS taxation, also in terms of the ability to be accountable to their own members. You don't have financial statements. You don't have congregational meetings. Is the structure democratic? Yes. Or is just one person managing the whole um, organization? Which we have found in some instances that these organizations, organizations are owned by one person. Mm. And sometimes also to check whether they have bank accounts and who is actually responsible for these bank accounts. Because a church is a, it's a community um, activity, it's a community affair. Now, Professor, I'm going to hold it right there. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and continue with our discussion. Living Sounds with Kanye Makubani. Music made to inspire on SAFM. 104 to 107. 11 minutes after 7 o'clock, if you're just joining us, this past Tuesday, the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities released its findings and recommendations after its investigation into the commercialization of religion and the abuse of people's belief systems. And joining me on the line this evening is Professor David Musoma, the CRL's Commission's Deputy Chairperson. Now, uh, Professor Musoma, I remember... I remember watching a number of news items where a number of religious leaders were coming out strong and condemning the CRL Commission for doing this. I remember, you know, leaders, you know, with their followers in the streets saying, we will not be part of this. There was a lot of controversy around this investigation and some leaders going to court to, uh, you know, take out interdicts against you from getting close to their books. There were a lot of uh, church leaders that actually came out strong against this investigation. Investigation. Why do you think that was the case? Well, it was a sheer misunderstanding, especially with regard to the summons. Because many construe the summons meaning that they are charged, they are guilty. Right. And we explain that the summons is a, it's a legal way of communicating to someone requiring him or her to produce a document or to present himself whatever the case may be, this is not a charge. And uh, because uh, churches or religious institutions have never experienced this before, remember they come from a past where uh, someone's meant are interpreted to mean guilty. So we didn't realize that we have not passed that uh, you know, dispensation. So as we explained over time, I can tell you now that the majority of church leaders are supportive of the work we have done. We have just had our um, report back on Tuesday at CRL Commission. They accolade the places, of course, with some concerns raised by members of religious institutions with regard to certain sections 
of the um, of the report, mm-hmm. uh, especially recommendations. And we said, listen, this is work in progress. We are going to engage them. By the time we go to report in Parliament, at least we shall have found each other on some aspects of our recommendations. All right. Now, what I want to talk about are just some of the findings, okay, because I know the findings are quite extensive. But what really stuck, uh, stay, uh, you know, just sticks out for me is the fact that your investigation has found evidence of commercialization of religion and the non-compliance with the law. You've also, find, you've also found that um, the non-compliance include illegal and unethical advertising of services and that some of the laws needed to be reviewed You've also uh, found that some of the churches, as you mentioned earlier, no bank accounts, no annual financial reports, no proper governing structures, no proper visas or any type of immigration papers for foreign religious leaders. And you've also found that, you know, in in, in some cases, uh, you know, there was just a lot of irregularities and there was a lot of uh, misconstrued understanding of what actually needed to be the the compliance of, of, of the church before it gets to uh, an operational stage. Perhaps also take us through uh, some of the findings that I also haven't mentioned, just to give us a sense of what you found. Yes, I think we have found generally that um, there are two uh, categories of religious institutions. I think even at the point of the interviews or hearing. We have slowly mentioned them up in the uh, newspapers about those who stand out as a model of accountability and compliance. We have mentioned those. But generally speaking, we have found that some churches operate without being registered. Where do they need to register? Yeah, without being registered at all. They they are not um, registered with um, um, the... um, Department of Social um, Social Development, for instance, which is the home department where these uh, churches, religious uh, institutions, ought to de- to be registered. We have found that, and in fact, out of hundred and something, um, which I don't have the number now, of churches, only eighteen thousand have registered. But of that, I think six thousand or, 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 or minus plus six thousand are, um, are constantly renewed their registration, which is a requirement. So we have found this part of the problem. Secondly, we have found also that lack of com- uh, um, compliance in terms of governance, um, uh, good governance. There is no structure, for example. There is no council. There is only one person running the show. And uh, this particular person or leader has the capacity to appoint and dismiss. Uh, and because there is no council giving oversight, these are some kind of... Um, uh, power that are centered on an individual. Mm. And we found that some uh, religious institutions have no constitution at all. Mm. And, and, and churches also, need to have yeah, a constitution. You have no constitution. Just laying out the rules, what it is that needs to happen, how the organization is run, the organic realm, who sits where, and so forth and so forth. We have found that they don't have a constitution. They have no disciplinary code. In the event of anything going wrong, nobody is accountable. Uh, on that. So, so you have got all of that. And more importantly, we have found also that some do not even have bank accounts. Money gets collected, gets put in a suitcase and put under the, the mattress. In one instance, we're told. Um, so the bank account 
um, that exists in some instances is signed off by one person. So the money gets deposited in the account of one person. Mm. So it's a prevalent uh, environment here. And we found also that um, in some churches, the money that they collect are sent to their home countries. For example, we had a bylaw from one of the religious institutions, which says the money collected in South Africa, in the church in South Africa, has to be um, uh, sent back to the home, uh, uh, what do you call, um, uh, uh, the home country, uh, headquarters. Yes. The home country of, of home, where the pastor yes. is coming from. Uh, uh, from which this particular religious institution emanates. All right, let me invite calls and open the lines on 0891-104-207, We are talking about the findings and recommendations of the CRL's commission into its investigation of the commercialization of religion as well as the abuse of people's belief systems. And the deputy chairperson, uh, Professor David Musoma, is on the line. And actually, he's just told us some shocking uh, findings, you know, of misappropriation of funds, of funds being sent back, you know, to different countries from South Africa and, you know, churches not actually having proper accounting systems. And, you know, Professor, this also then just says to me that we as congregants as well are not being vigilant enough and not questioning enough in terms of how is my church being run? I, you see, some of the challenges that we got come from congregants. They wrote petitions uh, insulting us, hands off our pastors in many instances. And we said, listen, we are not fighting any religious organization. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do really is to make sure that it operates uh, openly with accountability and it, it, it is complies with the rules of the, the, the laws of the country. So that's what we're trying to do. And some of them uh, felt that we were actually saying they should not even donate money to their own congregation, which was not our preoccupation. We want to see the, the extent of commercialization, where you have to buy prayer for 5,000 rand. Um, and that, that is a, it's just a shocking environment, because there is no way in the religious um, uh, text anybody can show that, that Jesus ever asked a, congrega- a congregant at the time to pay so much, even if it meets a denari, which is a small denominator, to mm. pay. And believe that uh, if these are matters of faith, you don't have to sell them. Yeah, yeah. These are freely given. I mean, you, you, you package water, you package oil, and you sell to the people, you tell the people, this is going to heal you. I have an, an example here of a colleague of mine whose brother was uh, having a problem with his eye. And he went to one of the religious institutions. They told him, listen, put away the medical medication from the doctor. Uh, we'll give you water and oil. You put it in the eye. Now he's blind. He can't see. Mm. And he can't you know, see. He can't speak now. He can't see. And, you know, uh, Professor Musoma, part of the findings, uh, I, I see that your, your, your chairperson, Utogom Kwanazi Kavula, has also recommended that the Department of Home Affairs also come into the fray to look into visa applications for those coming into the country to work in the religious and health sectors. And she's quoted as saying, we have to know who's coming into the country and under which umbrella body for this uh, sector. The Department of Home Affairs system was not designed for this sector. It classifies 
technical skills entering the country, but not those coming into work uh, in the religious and healing sectors. So this then uh, starts to speak about, you know, uh, the foreign churches that are in the country. Some of your findings have found that there's no regulations, even from a home affairs point of view, that the leaders are not, uh, you know, registered, that they themselves don't have the proper papers. Hence, then you find the money under the mattress and, you know, maybe some of uh, the inability to open a bank account. How then do we start helping those churches to start uh, being compliance uh, ready without necessarily feeling that they're being victimized or that we are saying that foreign churches must not exist in South Africa? Yes, I think our um, uh, process of doing that is that after the um, report has been submitted to Parliament, we are also looking at a situation where the CRL should open up processes of assisting these churches, training, um, uh, guiding, and things like that, because we believe part of it is to build integrity of the religious institutions because they are needed in the country. They, are part, they contribute to social cohesion, and so we can't wish them away. What we need is to make sure that we are not opening the country to risk. Because when you have a situation like that happening, it means that our, our people are being abused. They are taken for granted, and so forth and so forth. So our idea really is to assist and work with the religious institutions, work with the traditional institutions, and all of that together we found a better way of managing the affairs of our religious institutions in the country. That is the purpose. Mm, let me invite calls on 0891 We'd like to hear your views on the findings of the CRL Commission. As a church goer, as a church member, you know, do you think that, you know, it's proper that um, we should start regulating the religious industry, that each church has to fall within an umbrella body and that um, congregants themselves need to start being more open? What about religious leaders? Um, are you pastors listening right now? Uh, do you feel fearful when they start coming after your, your finances because you know you've been mismanaging your funds, but you're at the point where, and if I can use this uh, phrase, you're ready to repent and you're ready to do things in the right way. You know, let's talk about these issues. Let's talk about just bringing back a sense of order in the church. 0891 Stay with us. Living Sounds with Kanye Makubani. Music made to inspire. On SAFM. 104 to 107. All right, it's 25 minutes after 7 o'clock. We're taking your calls on 0891 Kusenga, good evening. Hello, how are you? Man? I'm well, thank you, Kusenga. Right, man. Uh, yeah, the, the, Please speak up for me, sir. It, yes, yeah, I was talking about this thing of church. You see the problem here. Yeah, I'm having problem. This thing, why government talks takes so long to, to to deal with this problem? That is the first question. The second question: uh, Our government failed to control those foreign church, and now thing is upside down. Now I don't think they will control again. Because if we check here in South Africa, there's over 20,000 churches that are coming from outside the country. 
with no permit, nothing, and collect money, take it to their country, no account, nothing. But government is doing nothing. And now the commission uh, also we want to blame the commission because the commission failed to involve other church uh, leaders. Only they are appointed by government alone, come as the police uh, men to investigate the church and come with recommendations. Discussing those recommendations to different church structure. So we blame that thing. Even if they come with that recommendation, we cannot accept it. Why not? Because those things was not uh, uh, totally involved different structure from the churches. It was done through the parliament, approached those uh, people, started to investigate. That's why a lot of people revolt against this commission. All right. Thank you, Kusenga. 891 104207 Alfred and KZN, good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. I wonder if maybe I could be... Oh, good evening to Professor. How are you, Professor? I'm fine, my brother. How are you? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm fine. Thank you very much for the sterling work that I've done um, on behalf of our country and on behalf of all of us, the people of South Africa. Um, I wonder if I, it would be possible, or at this stage, is it uh, possible that uh, a member of the public, just like me, highly interested in this matter, um, I could be able to access the the report. Uh, if yes, I will listen on the radio. Secondly, they, I'm told, I've just read it over the media, that uh, amongst the recommendations are that uh, the, the, the religions or the religious sector will have to, or the formation, the faith formations, will have to uh, regulate this, the vetting of people that mm-hmm. are, are working in the leadership or even people that are in contact with children and staff. And of course, also maybe the vetting of people who handle money. Um, I, I just would like your your assistance in terms of shedding the light on that one. All right. And the last one is that how best do you have a recommendation in terms of international relations of how best the country can uh, 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 regulate the influx of foreign uh, churches so that we avoid a situation where we may look like a xenophobic country. Thank you. Thank you, Alfred. Amos in Limpopo, good, uh, good evening. Good evening, and how are you? I'm well, thank you. Yes, uh, I just want to ask the professor uh, some few questions. Go for it. The, the first one is that uh, he mentioned that uh, churches have to register with the Department of Development uh, yes. show exactly uh, what actually guys that if he can just clarify. Because uh, I do understand that, yes, they do have to be accountable, but uh, it's no specific uh, uh, legislation which says a church must register with the Department of Social Development. And secondly, uh, there is a verse in the Bible uh, where Jesus says uh, the kingdom is actually not an earthly kingdom. So, uh, it is. It Amos, is a your phone kingdom. is breaking up just a bit. Can you just start yeah, your second I, I, I question? Can, yeah. 
I'm saying uh, Jesus faith is a spiritual kingdom. So I'm just saying to what extent is government because the, the, the government should actually be led by the church, obviously in a correct way. But now if government is trying to regulate churches, I'm just also interested to see what is their view in terms of how they will go about uh, doing that. Thank you. I'll listen on the radio. Thank you, Amos. 0891 Vuyo in East London. Good evening. Hello, Kanye. Hello, Hello, Baba. Hello. Yes, Baba, I can hear you. Vuyo. Yeah, you know I have a problem with the commission mm-hmm. because it looks like it's trying to protect certain churches from, from, from a competition. That's why he already says certain churches are better because they've got books, they've got councils, and so on. And I have a problem with that because for me, if they actually register churches, that means they believe in the principle of God. And I have a problem with that because for me, nobody can produce evidence that this God does exist. And that is the problem. As a result, I stopped going to church in 1980 because I realized that the church doesn't deliver on what it promises. So if people give thousands to the church, it's their problem. Let them do it. The government must not get involved. Otherwise, we are misleading people by registering church, actually saying to them, yes, we believe this thing does exist. They must provide evidence like science that actually they do talk to God. This God talks to people. Here is this God situated in. They should not get involved. For me, I don't approve that the God of the Bible does exist. All so right. it's actually misleading. Thank you, Vuyo. 0891-104-207. Vuyo saying he has no evidence that God exists. So why is the government trying to get involved in church matters? Sitigo in Pretoria, good evening. Thank you for taking my call, Kanye, and good evening to the professor. Um, what I want to find out from the professor, when you're doing your, your investigation, which class in, in the society is being exploited by these churches? Are they the poor or the middle class or the rich, because we are taught by Karl Marx that religion, religion is the opium of the oppressed. So uh, my findings is that most of the people that are exploited by these churches are the poor class. One, because of their illiteracy level and also economic status. So maybe I can find out from the professor. What is your finding around those things of exploitation in terms of class? Thank you so much. Thank you, Sitiko. And, Professor, perhaps we should start right there with Sitiko's last uh, question. Let's talk about what your findings uh, reveal in terms of the, the economic sector within which most of the manipulation and abuse exists. Um, the, the class that gets exploited across goes across the board. But, of course, the majority are the poor and the vulnerable, uh, women especially, because if you look at the, the number of women in these religious institutions across the board, mm-hmm. they, are, they, are, they are a majority. But of course, uh, it doesn't take away even the middle class. Uh, some of the middle class really are the, 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 the managers are in the forefront of this. Um, more articulate, much more well-placed, and so forth and so forth. So, in a sense, it tilt against the poor, but also some members of the middle class are found in these uh, um, institutions uh, that uh, uh, commercialize religion.
Mm. And uh, moving on to Vuyo's uh, question earlier on, obviously I think Vuyo is an atheist. He doesn't quite believe um, in God or the notion of a God. But he's asking if then uh, government is saying that they are starting to regulate the churches, are they then saying that they do believe you know, in, in God? And I think this is a very subjective uh, question, but I think I will have to uh, just maybe combine it with another caller's question who, who says that you know, in uh, the Bible they talk about the church being a spiritual kingdom how then do you start impl- uh, like applying laws to something that is supposed to be spiritual and is supposed to operate on spiritual levels though i think you be are talking more of the organizational aspect of the church not so much the spiritual aspect of the church yes first the the issue whether government has a has a business or no business at all uh, in supporting or even in trying to regulate this because government has no proof whether God exists or not. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that particular debate is not for government, is not even for CRL, because it's a doctrinal document uh, uh, issue. We are not about proving whether God exists or not. What is important is that people have got beliefs. In terms of the Constitution, people have got the right to believe. Whatever they believe, or they believe in pumpkins, or they believe in water, they have the right to believe. So in terms of that protection uh, that Constitution provides, we can do away with that. But what is important is whether that belief actually um, uh, denigrates, uh, destroys the livelihood of people. It undermines their humanity their dignity. I think that's where this particular issue goes. We are not regulating what people must believe. And therefore, we can't even ask them to provide a proof to us. It's not our, our forte. I think it's, that is very, very clear. And secondly, uh, when it comes to both spirit, spiritual or earthly things, fact is that the, the religious institutions um, exist in an earthly environment. But they have a relationship with the heavenly kingdom. So, so they have to give expression to their belief on earth, especially the Christian side. I don't mean the other, other religions. I'm just trying to make an example with the Christian religion, where they believe that their very existence on earth is to give effect to the creation of the kingdom of God among people. Because that's what uh, Jesus has come to create. All right. So, so, so government is not even entering a, a, a fray of trying to regulate spirituality of the people. In fact, there is no way in the uh, commission's recommendation that government should regulate. We are recommending peer review mechanism. Peer review mechanism means institutions themselves. Mm. Those that believe in a particular way of doing things themselves become their own um, uh, uh, guardians of good governance. And they create the conduct and things like that. I want us to get into the recommendations in a minute or two. And I've got all the recommendations in front of me here. And I want us to go uh, through them. But before we do, I just want to take Faisal in Durban. Good evening, Faisal. Good evening. Uh, I think everybody's missing the point here. What's the it's point? It's not Faisal? about church and government. I think it has to do with money laundering, and it also has to do 
with money that's being collected by the churches, is it benefiting the people of the country and instead of going out of the country? So that is a reality. All right. Thank you, Faisal. Uh, Professor Musoma, let's go through the findings. First of all, you say that the law needs to work to protect um, the religion, the congregants and the country. You say that the vulnerable, such as children, should be protected through the Child Prosecutions Register to protect children against those in the sector who have access to them only to exploit them. I'm curious just uh, for you to expand on this point. What is the exploitation of children within the religious sector? I think what um, um, we, we really are trying to um, recommend is that the individuals whose task, who are in the religious leadership, whose task it is to deal with children, we must make sure that they, are not, they have not been um, um, uh, found guilty of pedophile activities. Because kids are exposed to these people who are innocent, and yet you find a person who himself has got um, uh, evil intentions that uh, uh, um, when, when someone is actually employed to do that. So that's the point we're trying to allay with regard to who has to deal with what. Mm. And we've known that in many instances there are many uh, religious institutions whose leaders have been found really to be pedophiles. So we're saying it is incumbent upon the uh, peer review council to make sure that whoever is given the responsibility, that you must go through the gaze of this council to make sure that the particular individual really is fit and qualified to do prescribed tasks assigned to him or her. Now, other recommendations that you are putting forward is that to curb illegal and unethical advertising by healers and religious practitioners, the commission is recommending that the sector form its own peer review mechanism. So in other words, uh, peers within a sector, they come together and they put um, type of laws in terms of this is what, uh, you know, each person should uh, live up to or that, you know, these are the laws that should regulate uh, this sector, but it should be done by the actual peers, not government itself. Um, um, just perhaps tell us more about that. Yes, um, we have recommended a peer review mechanism. A peer review mechanism, it's a kind of council which uh, must involve not only a portion, but a, a bigger community of the believers, religious uh, leadership. And the role of this is to create a constitution which creates, which also allows uh, participation, transparency, and accountability of all religions. Uh, it is important also that there be a code of good governance in the constitution of the peer review mechanism, and that will also be a code of conduct which will be used uh, to regulate the activities, the behavior of those who participate in that particular um, uh, peer review uh, um, sector. And we also argue that the, the peer review mechanism, in terms of the codes that they create, it should not impede doctrinal differences that may exist um, in, within religions, but it must allow um, more participation uh, of all religious institutions. No. That the key, yes. 
Now, uh, just to just to move on uh, to a close, Professor, you're saying that the commission is also recommending that healers and churches register with SARS to register income and that practitioners re- uh, receive minimum training to ensure good governance in the running of their organizations. And I think what I want to find out from you is that once the report and the recommendations are taken to Parliament and have actually been legislated, will there be consequences to those who fail to comply with your findings and recommendations? In fact, um, consequence management is what has been a problem uh, throughout in our observation that there is no consequence for anybody. So our once the um, report has been legislated and distilled into an act, there has to be uh, consequences, there has to be fine, either imprisonment or uh, fine, whatever the case may be. But there has to be consequence for this particular act to, get, to have the effect to make sure that uh, there is order in the religious organization. Mm. And also just in terms of uh, your, your, your findings around those who who are sending money out of the country and those who are owning uh, foreign churches and who have no visas and other proper uh, papers, what are your recommendations there? We are. Uh, we have already, before our meeting on last Tuesday, we had had uh, a meeting with a number of um, departments that um, we, are, we work with, uh, we cooperate with, um, Department of Social Development, SARS, and so forth and so forth. We are looking at best way of regulating people coming to the country. For instance, where people come into the country with a particular skill, that, that should be allowed. But uh, if the person comes in, as we have seen, with a particular skill and they change in the country and they start churches, instead of using the skill for which they have applied to come into the country, I think we are going to find a way in which we cooperate and deal with that situation. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, David Musoma is uh, the Professor David Musoma is the deputy uh, commissioner, uh, the deputy chairperson of the commission. Uh, Professor, when will the report be available for the public? Um, on last week, Tuesday, uh, at our last um, consultation with uh, religious leaders, we agreed that we are going to send the concerned uh, institutions um, the draft copy for them to make comments because this is a participatory process. We don't want to take this report to Parliament without consulting first with those who are affected by it. So our view is that once that uh, process has been gone through. We gave them three weeks to make comments on it. And once uh, that three weeks has, has elapsed, we are going to edit, we are going to input on them, and then call them to a meeting and look at the report in totality, after which we are going to take this report to Parliament. I'm not so sure about the timelines, but it could well be not this year, maybe next year, um, uh, January or February. All right. Thank you so much, Professor Musama, for joining us on Living Sounds and just taking us through this very important discussion. I think it is one of those that is a milestone in our in our religious uh, history in South Africa. And it's a hallmark moment also, if I may say, because it's been a long time coming for us, you know, to get to the stage where we are really separating the fluff from the real thing. And we are actually going to see a future clamp down on those who are continuously 
not complying and actually sticking to the new acts and legislations that will be, uh, you know, effected in this particular uh, sector. And personally, I think it's a good thing because we have to protect the integrity of the church and religion against those who are in it for the exploitation, who are in it just to make a quick buck, who are in it to lie to our people, to mislead our people. I say well done to the commission. Personally, I think that it's been a good move and I, I hope that it will start clearing uh, the sector and those who see that they can't, uh, you know, work and manipulate and abuse in the sector, that they will leave, you know, that they will leave, leave God's people to, to, to you know, to, to worship, leave God's people to, to run our churches, you know, in a proper way, you know, and if you're here just to swindle and rob people, you know, try elsewhere. In fact, repent and change and get a proper job. I don't know. But what I'm saying, I feel that it's been a long time coming and that our people have been robbed. We've heard 